Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 313. Fire. 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 Incredible entrepreneurs share their inspiring journey with you every day on Entrepreneur on Fire. Prepare to ignite now. now. Here is your host with yet another amazing guest, John Lee Dumas. Entrepreneur on fire. Fire Nation. Whether your business needs a logo, web, apparel, or mobile app design, 99designs has you covered. Visit 99designs.com slash fire to be connected with thousands of designers who are ready to work on your next project right now. That's 99designs.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Lane Amen. Lane, are you prepared to ignite? John, I'm already sizzling. <laughs> Lane is a scrapbooking superhero who created a multiple six-figure online business in less than three years. She's known for her sense of humor, high energy, and her ability to get it done while others are still drinking their first cup of coffee. Well, Lane, I have my first cup of coffee in my hands and I've given Fire Nation a little overview, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. They give us an overview of your business. Sure. Thanks for asking. So, yes, I'm in the scrapbooking niche. I teach large-scale virtual classes and produce large-scale virtual events. So if you think of a traditional trade show but move that online, like I know you've been to the Blog World New Media Expo, think about that online over the course of two days where I might have 15 instructors and hundreds, if not thousands of students, depending on the structure of the event. And um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a dedicated scrapbooker. I'm a former journalist, former, former government employee, and I, I'm glad to say former on that last one there. <laughs> well, being a military guy, I'm a former DOD guy as well. So uh, I definitely hear you there, Lane. Yeah. So glad to be here to tell everybody about my journey. Well, we're definitely going to delve way into your journey lane because it's a fascinating one. And I mean, whenever anybody hears multiple six-figure online business in less than three years, our ears just naturally prick up. So we are going to dive way into that. But before we do, we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire off with a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling. So Lane, take it away. My favorite success quote is, do or do not there is no try. Yoda. And that comes from that great philosopher Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> Love Yoda. So Lane, let's really break this quote down for Fire Nation though, because do or do not, there is no try. It's pretty simplistic, but how have you actually applied that quote to your life, to your mentality? Well, to me, that means a couple of things. One is not to try things, not in quote unquote, try like dabble in things. Either commit to them and get them done or don't do them at all. It's kind of like you're, you know, you're a military guy. So, you know, the story of burning the boats or, you know, keeping their retreat is no option. Um, That's kind of what it what it means to me. Only on one side, when I do something, do it 100 percent and then backing up either further, even further from that. If I can't commit to things 100 percent, if I can't support it wholeheartedly, don't say yes. So that really has guided a lot of of my business growth. And saying no is so hard, especially I think there's a lot of people pleasers out there. I know I think you've mentioned that you yourself are one. And uh, it's so hard to say no. But if you can't do it 100%, don't try to be there. Don't try to support something. 
either do it or don't do it because excuses don't mean anything. I love that for so many reasons. It goes after that bright, shiny object syndrome that we try to chase everything that looks pretty and it takes us away from that focus principle of really following one course until success. And and Lane, I want to start this interview off right because we want to hear specific stories. So where was there a time when you either did do something 100% because you went into it or you gave something up that you weren't able to go 100%? I'll let you choose. Yeah, I think that, you know, being that people pleaser and also being kind of, um, you love to try new things, meaning try like experiment with new things and always uh, bringing on new elements in my business, it can be hard to really draw the line and say, you know what, it would be great to experiment with that right now. I don't have the resources or the bandwidth to do that. And one area in particular lately has been in speaking at events where as I get, uh, get more successful, I get known outside of my event or excuse me, outside my industry from interviews like this. I've been on Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income and um, Foolish Adventure with Tim Conley. And so I start getting invitations to speak at marketing events and um, like New Media Expo. And while I really enjoy that, it doesn't really serve my my market that I'm committed to, my audience that I'm committed to, the people that I'm committed to helping. And right now, that's largely the, the scrapbooking audience. And, um, and so it's hard to say no to those because I know it brings me to a larger stage. But when I have to, when it's, when it's a, um, an opportunity cost and saying yes to that means not being able to do something to serve my audience, I really have to say no. So I've been cutting back on, on those types of uh, activities lately. And it's really hard. It's really hard. But it's, it's something I have to do to serve my core audience better. It is tough. And that's when it really helps to have that avatar, to have that ideal target market, to know who your perfect client is. Because for me, when I hear you say Blog World and New Media Expo, I mean, my heart lights up because that's where I got my start with Entrepreneur on Fire. That's where I met all of my first number of guests. And unlike you, Lane, Blog World, World Domination Summit, places like that, they really serve my market because that's exactly what I'm in. So it is worth somebody like my time to go there. I'll be speaking multiple times at Blog World this coming January, and I can't wait. It'll be an amazing event for me and for Entrepreneur on Fire. But I can totally see where that three days taking out of your business, and it's even more because there's build up before, and then there's kind mm-hmm. of wrap up afterwards, right. where your focus can be better served elsewhere. So I definitely commend you for that because it's a lot of fun. I know you'd go there and have a blast, but you need to put your priorities straight, and you're doing that. Right. And there are are times where I can do both. But for instance, our largest industry trade show is in January. And I can't another huge priority is my family. So I can't, um, I can't take the time away from family and away from my core business at the that same time to do everything. But there are times um, where I can. And it's just knowing when I'm having to make that tough choice and being willing to make that tough choice. Mm fascinating. So Lane, let's go back now because you're our spotlighted guest here today and we want to hear your journey. We want to hear real stories of when you failed, when you struggled, when you faced massive challenges or obstacles. So tell us a time. It can be when you were working with a government. It can be when you first launched your entrepreneurial journey. This is your choice, but really take us there with you down to that ground level. We want to be there with you at this moment in your life. Mm, You know, there's tons of failure. And I think all your guests would would agree that that the journey towards success contains lots of little stumbles along the way. And a lot of that is how you 
reframe it. And I'm a big one on reframing. So I'm not going to say I didn't have any failures, but I will say that the times where things haven't worked out quite as I had hoped, (laughs) I always dig in there for the deeper learning or the deeper lesson or the deeper meaning to that. And um, whether it's so I can use that to help somebody else or whether I can keep from repeating that. And um, there was an instance pretty recently where I had put together one of my live events, live virtual events, and everybody in my audience had said, yeah, this is something we really want. We really want to do this and put the whole thing together. And it really sold much short of my expectations. I had projected like five times the number of people who actually committed to come, who paid to come actually came. And I was I was flabbergasted, first of all. And then second of all, I started thinking, well, why was that? You know, people told me they wanted this. Um, they told me it was a great idea. They told me they would go. And then when it came time to put the credit card number in, right. it, didn't, it didn't happen. And I'm still digging into that one because it was fairly recent. But I'm still, you know, I'm reframing as well. So I say, okay. Was this a failure in that I didn't achieve my my target goal? Well, yeah, I could say there's a gap there, definitely. But was it a failure because I didn't serve my market? And then I look at that and I say, no, because the people who did attend, even though there were far fewer than I thought there would be, everybody was raving about it. They loved it. It was exactly what they wanted. It um, came off without a hitch. And when you're, you, as you know, when you're using technology, <laughs> there's always a hitch. But this always. was pretty flawless. Got great feedback. So the people who did attend were delighted. And when I come right down to it, that's what I'm, I'm aiming to do is to delight my audience and serve the people who show up. And sometimes that's more than I want. Sometimes it's fewer than I want. <laughs> no doubt, Lane. <laughs> and so some of our listeners right now have audiences, they have niches, and they're hearing that you're putting together these live events. Can you take us through exactly what your launch strategy is and then what tools and products and technology you do use to put those events on? Sure, sure. And I actually have two varieties. One is I do what's called a monthly scrapinar. It's scrapbooking. So we changed it up and made it instead of a <laughs> <So> webinar. <laughs> it sounds so businesslike. It's a scrapinar. And we do a series of free monthly events where once a month, we get in the regular web room that we use for the big events as well. And, um, and we bring free content to whoever wants to come. And it could be on anything related to scrapbooking and paper crafting. So card making, stamping. Um, in August, later on in August, we have someone who's a certified color professional coming in to talk about color and the use of color and design. So a wide range of topics that people might not get elsewhere or might not necessarily um, know that they want. But once they hear it, they think, that's pretty cool. And like the color one, nobody would think, oh, I'm going to go search out a certified color expert to teach me on color, um, but I'm bringing that to the audience. And we'll have anywhere in the range of 2,000 plus people sign up for these events. And I use WebEx, which is from Cisco, and I use the WebEx Event Center. And it is a very high-powered tool. It's the one that um, Cisco uses itself for its uh, international sales meetings. It can hold thousands plus of people. And the reason I do that is because I have a 1,000 people attending, and I need to be able to support them live. I also want the chat. There's just a lot of capabilities that keep something from like go to webinar doesn't quite work for my my audience. We stream video. I'm on video live. We have pre-recorded videos. So there's just a lot of moving pieces there. So Lane, let's kind of break this down mm-hmm. before we continue forward. Now, let's kind of go back to when you were setting your first event up. So kind of try to take it down for the listener that's like, I kind of am interested to potentially do a live event. Sure. Where would sure. I start? Okay, so if you were going to start 
the first thing you would want to do is figure out what content would you bring to your audience that they absolutely have to have, either stuff that they've been asking for or stuff that you know as a business owner is like the secret thing that would really launch them forward in their business. So let's say you want to do, I wouldn't suggest starting with 15 instructors. I would suggest starting like if you want to do a webinar type, telesummit type of thing, I would say maybe five is a good number. Okay. And so you'd lay out five topics that you know are just so not, they're not also rands. They're not something that everybody else is doing. Either you take a unique spin on it, like for the internet marketing business, maybe it's traffic generation, but you're telling them a unique way to get traffic. Like the Craigslist traffic is kind of a unique thing these days that people are hearing about. You know, Google ads is kind of over and done with, (laughs) unless you could think of something new to bring there. (laughs) I would really look for the unique, for the unusual, for the stuff that makes, that's like the secret and uh, that they're not going to get anywhere else. And then I would either figure out if you yourself can bring that content to your audience or if you need to bring in instructors, guest instructors to to speak to your audience and then line up those instructors. And um, I oftentimes will teach myself, but I also like in the case of the color um, expert, I'll bring in external experts as well. And that gives me not only the Oprah benefit where I get the aura effect from bringing experts to my people, it puts me on that higher level, but it also gives me the benefit of that color experts going to turn around and say to her audience, Hey, come to this event that I'm speaking at. Right. So there's that effect as well. And, uh, and then I would determine what requirements you need for your audience. My audience is extremely video, excuse me, visual. So audio only would not work for them. They want to see So I need a platform that's going to enable video. Um, They also want a replay. So I need a platform where I can record it. Uh, If people are doing tutorials, actually crafting tutorials, then they're going to want to pre-record. The expert's going to want to pre-record their video, which isn't the case in a lot of industries. But in my industry, they want to be able to get the tutorial down, get it edited, and share it with the audience instead of trying to demonstrate on camera. It's just too many moving parts and um, failure points there. Uh, If their video goes down or their hands are outside of the screen or they're nervous, that kind of thing. I like to take away all the external um, failure points and make it as simple as possible for them. So once you've got your five courses and once you've got either your expert or your topic that you're going to be teaching on yourself and then you know what the requirements for your platform are, you sign up with that, whether it's Instant Teleseminar or GoToWebinar or um, WebEx like I use. And then um, you decide, is it going to be free or paid? And then set up the infrastructure from there. So I don't want to go on too long. I'll let you ask questions there and see if I'm, I've covered what you wanted me to. You totally did. I just kind of wanted that basic baseline sure. of where you would start and where you would move forward. And you've given a ton of great insight. And just to go over a couple of things, I loved when you talked about the Oprah effect. I mean, that's <laughs> so true. It's so true. When you bring people on, you are elevated to their level and sometimes above because you're the facilitator and you right. get to leverage their audiences. And I know one question a lot of people are saying are, is it the industry standard to pay your guests to come on when you have these experts coming in? Or is it one of those things where they're being exposed to a massive audience so that that is, quote unquote, payment enough. I have done both. And with my free monthly scrapinars that I do, after um, those are a one single expert, 
um, they are getting the benefit of reaching 2,000 people. Right. So I do not compensate them. And in fact, sometimes I'm moving into sponsored, like the, right. the uh, we had we had a scrapinar in, in July where a company actually came to me and said, hey, we want to reach your audience. And they provided me product and it was still highly content driven. But as you know, with sponsors on Entrepreneur on Fire, um, there's ways to present their name and their capabilities to your audience without selling. So true. Yep. So, um, so now actually people are paying me to have access to that platform. Wow. So then for the larger events, my uh, instructors have a choice if they would rather receive a flat fee. And um, then I just pay them for the content and that content becomes mine or they can sign up as an affiliate for me and pr- um, promote on behalf of the event, and then they receive an affiliate commission. One thing that I really want to point out here, Lane, that you've done that's very similar to what I've been able to do and other people in the industry, and that is first and foremost, create an audience. Have a mm. large, massive, targeted audience. For me, it's entrepreneurs, it's entrepreneurs, and it's small business owners. They're looking to hear success stories from people like yourself and learn from your mistakes, your aha moments, and what you're doing now and how they can implement that into their business. And you've done that with the scrapbooking world. So now you have the audience and there's so many things you can do once you have that audience. Because people's first question to me is, John, how do you make money podcasting? And I'm like, <laughs> It's kind of the wrong question. It's not how do I make money podcasting. It's now that I have a massive audience because of my podcast, how many potentially different streams of income can I create from that? And that's exactly what you're experiencing, Lane, by being that person who is that scrapbooking go-to that has that audience in place. So great takeaway from that. And I want to move forward into the next topic because this is a fascinating topic for many people because we all are waiting for that when we don't have that idea yet. We're waiting for that aha moment for that light bulb to go off lane. So share with us your aha moment and what steps did you take after you had that moment to turn it into a reality, into a success? Right. And just like the failures, I think with with entrepreneurs, the aha moments come fast and furious and it's knowing which ones are going to stick with you and which ones <laughs> you're right. better just putting on that maybe someday list and letting percolate for a while longer. And, uh, and I think one recently, since we're talking about scrapinars, I'll talk about that one. And my largest monthly bill, and this is going back two years ago when I started the scrapinars, was for my web room because it wasn't the $99 a month web room that a lot of entrepreneurs use for their business. The WebEx for the level that I'm doing is $600 a month. Yeah. And starting out, <laughs> that can seem like a huge, insurmountable uh, uh, barrier. Like, am I going to really pay that much money? But for me, it was akin to getting a, a an address in the good part of town for my storefront. Oh, I you thought know, you were going to say Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> but that's my, that's where I have my business. And, uh, and so being able to have that stability was definitely worth the money. But then suddenly I thought, okay, how can I turn this investment into, put it on the other side of the balance sheet? So it's no longer costing me money, but somehow I can make money from this or turn it into an asset. Because I was using that room only a couple times a year for these large events. So I was paying that bill every month. So I thought, how can I make this, um, make this m- 
a bigger part of my business. And that's where the idea for the scrapinars came. So, well, what if I did something on a monthly basis and then made it free so it's a, a lead generator for me? And then also it trains people who come to the larger event on how to interact in that room. So when they come to the large events, we're not sitting there trying to help people figure out where the chat is. We're not helping them set up their audio. They've already been through that. They're very comfortable in that environment. And that's where the idea of the scrapinars was born. And that was started in uh, January of 2012 and it has been a huge part of my business. So let's go back now to one of the earlier problems that you had just recently, one of these challenges and obstacles that you faced that is just all about these live webinars and these scrapinars and that was your recent live event that didn't live up to your expectations because I would like to kind of drill down into that a little bit because I know you're still in the process of figuring stuff out but when you have been reaching out to people that originally said yes I want to be a part of this and then ended up not being a part of it. And then you reached out to them to ask them why. What were some of the responses that you've been getting? You know, it was interesting because this event was aimed at kids because it's summertime. My audience is largely moms because we're in scrapbooking and they had kids at home. So I had thrown out the idea earlier on in the year about how about we do a kids oriented event and everybody was very positive on it. And we actually had a couple hundred people on our pre-launch email list who indicated that they were very interested and wanted to receive more information. And at these types of events, if I had 200 to 500 people, that would definitely be a successful event for this large-scale multi-instructor type of format. So um, we ended up with less than 100. And so I ask people, you know, what, what was the situation here? What, you know, what was keeping you from attending? And there were a couple things. Um, one was that one day event like we do for adults doesn't necessarily work for kids because although we all know kids can sit in front of the TV for four or five hours, parents don't necessarily like to encourage that. So signing up for an event where their kid would be with them in front of the computer screen for five hours interesting, wasn't really something, there was a barrier there. Yeah. And even though we repl- we um, we supply recordings afterwards, and they can watch the replays, and they could break it up any way any way they wanted to, maybe watch one a day for five days or whatever, that five hour block was a barrier to them with kids. So that was one thing. Two was I was trying out a new sponsor for this event, and they did not promote on their end as the understanding was. Um, we were supposed to do some cross-promoting and they really dropped the ball. So they had access to a huge audience, but never made that happen. And uh, so that was another element there. We just didn't have the reach that I had expected we would have. And then the third thing was we did it on a Saturday and there was some... Um, conversation between my team and me talking about, should we have it during the week? Should we have it on the weekends? And I actually had thought that the week would the weekday would be better. But then a couple of people had said, no, you know what? I think a weekend would be better. And so I said, okay, you know, let's try the weekend. And I take full responsibility for <laughs> accepting that recommendation. So I'm not passing the buck at all there. But, um, but I think maybe a weekday would have been better because weekends during the summer, people are off on vacation, they're um, going camping, they're at the pool. And so I think it just was kind of the imperfect storm <laughs> where we had all these elements <laughs> converge. And it just didn't just didn't work out as well as I thought it was. And, but I consider it an experiment. And I learned a lot of things. And the people who did attend, fabulous feedback. So um, I consider that part a success. The people who were there really enjoyed it. I would much rather have that situation than have 200 people there who had a lousy time. And I think those are just great takeaways for the listeners is that 
listen, even people that have seen success and that have processes in place, we're still always evolving our plans. We're always needing to change and to adjust as we continue to get more feedback from our avatar, from our target market. So that's one thing that as an entrepreneur, we're always agile. We always need to be willing to fail, willing to take chances, but most of all, asking for that feedback. Lane needs to go out there as she's been doing and really finding out from the core of her audience what she did wrong, what could have been done better. Really fascinating stuff, Lane. I want to talk right now with you about one thing that you're just really excited about in your business. I would have to say the Scrappinars. They continue to be not only my number one lead generation, but just so much fun because we get together once a month. People start counting on it that we're going to do this once a month. And I see the same names over and over again in the audience. And it's just so much fun for me to be able to connect with my audience live like that. And I also get to meet some incredible people within my industry uh, and bring them to my audience. And just like you do through these interviews, I mean, you make this connection with people and it helps both of you. And yeah. it's just exciting to see what's out there, what other people are doing and how I can help them reach their audiences. And as I mentioned, as I'm moving into sponsored Scrappinars, that's that's going to make it a revenue, you know, even more of a revenue positive for me. And so it's just it's just a lot of fun all the way around. Well, Lane, I have just really enjoyed what you have going on right now. Your vision for the future going forward looks incredibly bright. Now let's chat 99designs. Why are you looking in that corner for that graphic designer, silly? I already told you, I know just where you can go to connect with over 210,000 designers. 99designs.com slash fire. At 99designs, you'll start out with a complimentary design consultation with their San Francisco design team. Then, you'll be in direct contact with the designers who are working on your project so you can give them your feedback and they'll refine their designs until you're satisfied. 100% money-back guarantee. And check this out. They've had over 100,000 design products pass through their doors. Their team specializes in everything from logos to apparel designs, even mobile app designs. To start your next design project today, visit 99designs.com slash fire and get a $99 power pack of services for free. That's 99designs.com slash fire. And this is a perfect segue to my favorite part of the show, the lightning round. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Okay, let me get some more coffee. Hold on. (laughs) All right, I'm ready. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I would have to say expectations. I have an um, undergrad degree from Stanford. I have a master's degree in public administration, fully intended to go into um, public administration. Did that for a while. And then, you know, stopping kind of midstream and turning and doing a 180 and going a complete different direction was really difficult so when hard. I thought I was such a traditional person. <laughs> <laughs> What is the best advice, Lane, you've ever received? Mm, I love this question when I listen to your show. This is one of my favorites. Um, One of my first business coaches told me to stay out of the weeds. And I think his business coach told him that. And the way I interpret that is I cannot serve at my highest level if I'm down in the weeds dealing with the worms and the ants <laughs> and the problems at right. you know at a microscopic level. So if I let that one unhappy customer email upset me or if I am too worried about 
this little detail or if I'm too wrapped up in working on the business or in the business instead of on the business, I'm not doing my job. So I need to get up higher and drive the, the business from a higher level. Such great advice. And Michael Gerber's E-Myth Revisited does a great job going into in-depth about that mindset and why it's so important for entrepreneurs. So Lane, what's one specific action that listeners can take in the next 24 hours to bring them one step closer to their dreams? I would suggest that they set aside all the learning, all the, I know they're podcast listeners. So, you know, you, you, People who are listening right now, you have tons of information, tons of knowledge, tons of ideas. Set it all aside for a second and then figure out what's one thing you can do to help somebody in your target audience. Just one thing, whether it's sending an email and providing a resource for free or introducing one person to somebody else. Do one thing right now that's going to help one person within your audience. And if you just continue to do that over time, you develop relationships, and you also get a good sense of what you can offer your audience if they're not getting somewhere else. Love it. And I'm going to ask this next question, even though every listener just stopped the podcast to go take action on what you said. (laughs) But Lane, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? Something I've been playing with is Spreecast, S-P-R-E-E-C-A-S-T. And it's kind of an alternative to Ustream or Livestream. It's live video streaming. And I've been playing with that with um, just for some kind of in-the-moment events with my audience. It's very low barrier to entry. They don't have to have a, a, a... an account or anything like that. They can log in with Facebook and I think in Twitter and you can bring other people on the the screen and it's just really fun. It's it's just kind of a community builder that I've been trying out that I really enjoyed. I've been hearing that name being thrown around as well. And have you figured a way out to do a screen share with them yet? I have not done screen share because I do I do two video cameras, but I have not done screen share yet. That's interesting. And Fire Nation, you can find links to this resource and everything else that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com slash Lane Amen. Lane, if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. C-A-R-D as in dog O-N-E. And he talks about massive action. So Fire Nation, if you haven't already, you can get the audio version of this book or any book that you want for free by going to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Lane, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have. Your food and shelter's taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would set up a website with WordPress. I would start a podcast (laughs) and I might have to spend some of that 500 for a good USB mic. And then I would reach out to the movers and shakers in my industry. In my case, the crafting industry, scrapbooking industry, I would just reach out to them and, and invite them to come on the podcast for interviews. People are usually really receptive for that. And frame it as, hey, can I help you get the word out about whatever you're working on right now? 
I would do some research beforehand and say, okay, I see you've got a new product coming out or you're teaching a class on this. Would you like to come and tell my audience about that? And then after I'd established that relationship, I would go back to them and offer them, offer to assist them in any way I could, whether it was writing, whether it was helping them start their own podcast, whether it was taking over social media for them, whatever I could do, just basically be a slave for them and say, hey, let me learn. Let me help you. Let me give you my skills and just be around your your community. And from past experience, I know that grows into great things. Once you just offer up your your skills to other people, great things happen. Well, Lane, I have loved the theme that has developed from this interview, and that is build an audience around your niche, around what you're known for, around what you're passionate about. And once you do that, income streams will appear. They will become prevalent once you have that audience. So Lane, thank you so much for sharing your journey and give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share how we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. I guess I would just say, don't be afraid to act and, and just take one small action. And I know this is a theme through many of your, your interviews with people, but those small actions build up over time and realizing that each one of those people has circles of influence of their own. So if you can reach out to one person today and another one tomorrow and another one the next day, just keep doing that helping wherever you can and don't try to do everything all at once. All these streams of income didn't occur to me or to John, to you overnight. I mean, they built up over time and they layer upon each other. So just don't stop acting because you can't do it all. Start acting because you can start right now. Wow. And what's the best way that we can find you? Probably the best place is on Facebook. I never thought I'd say that. Okay. <laughs> I was a Twitter girl for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> but Facebook, you can find me. My business page is facebook.com slash layout a day and feel free to friend me and uh, leave me a comment there. And I'd be glad to get back in touch with you. Well, Lane, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links of everything that we've talked about and mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com. Click on that podcast tab. You're hanging out in the archives. And thank you, Lane, for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you. Fire Nation, have you seen the video I just created on FireNationElite.com yet? If not, I think you're going to want to see this. In this video, I talked about my passion for the new elite mastermind community we're creating, Fire Nation Elite. I'd love for you to visit the site and check out the video to learn more about Fire Nation Elite. Then, if you're interested, fill out an application and schedule your one-on-one 15-minute chat with me today. That's FireNationElite.com. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.